Welcome to episode 10 of Spotlighting the Indie Author, a podcast created to shine the light on the indie author with book reviews and interviews with a dash of writing wisdom tossed in. I'm Joseph Clay. Hi, I'm Lena Turnipseed. Today's show is a book review of Red Sandy Cat Detective by J.A. Stone. Who ever thought that a book would be written about badge-wearing, gun-toting cats? Along with the cats, we of course have a human owner, a basset hound for a butler, and one of the cats is hooked on nicotine. It beat the Law Cats cover, Alleytown. This was a fun book to read and review. Jojo, you need to check that attitude about cats being cops. Don't make Red Sandy pull Fritz, his hand cannon, on you. Understood. Just thinking about that has my paws trembling and my tail swishing. Yep, I'm as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Please tell me that was your last attempt to be funny. Can't make a promise that I know I ain't going to keep. Remember, there's more than one way to... I know, and I just hope no one says anything about being curious. I'm getting back on subject. Spotlighting the Indie Author purchased four ebooks for this review and to support the author. The ebook is the only format Red Sandy Cat Detective is available in. The books purchased were read by Nina and myself, plus Christy Warren, the executive assistant of josephyclay.com, and Joan Clay, director of contests for josephyclay.com. Christy and Joan will be joining us later on in the podcast with their thoughts on Red Sandy Cat Detective. Like you mentioned, Red Sandy Cat Detective comes in ebook format only. The file size is 854 KB with a printed page length of 143. The book was published June of 2019. Red Sandy Cat Detective can be purchased on Amazon. The link will be in the show notes. That borderlines our cutoff date. Spotlighting the indie author's guideline is to only review books published within the last 12 months. So why did you choose this book? I mean, it was published 14 months ago. Wow. <laughs> Come on. Are we going to split cat hairs over two months? We'll get to why I chose this book a little later. Right now, could you read the book blurb? You can retract those claws. It was just a question. The following is the blurb for Red Sandy Cat Detective by J.A. Stone. This is a detective noir tale of cases and mysteries unlike any you have ever read, featuring the personalities of several popular indie authors as cats. Follow Detective Red Sandy and his partner Davis Plume as they chase down the clues in their search for the infamous Dr. Grayscale. We interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast for this public service announcement. Joseph Clay is not one of the indie authors featured in Red Sandy Cat Detective. <laughs> now back to the podcast. Brrr. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. There's nothing like keeping the audience informed. I have to say, that is a short book blurb. Hold that thought, it- Jojo. We can discuss the blurb when we cover the basics later in the show. Right now, let's find out more about the author of Red Sandy Cat Detective. Here's Kelly Winkler with the intel on author J.A. Stone. J.A. Stone was born in L.A. and now lives in Florida with his wife. A clever fact to him. His daughter, a true polymath, and a cat named Nibbler. Just a cat. J.A. loves everything sci-fi and fantasy and revels in the works of Michael Moorcock, Fritz Lieber, J.R.R. Tolkien, Raymond Feist, Terry Brooks, and Tad Williams. J.A. Stone began his writing career at the age of 22, writing a beach column at the Santa Rosa Sun. His beat was the beach, which he loves. 
J.A. wrote reviews on restaurants, clubs, and bars, along with Island Authority News. In more recent years, J.A. worked for FEMA, where he suffered an injury. J.A. came home, picked up his laptop, and wrote 14 novels over 10 years. J.A. writes in a distinctive contemporary style, marked by strong female leads, elements of darkness, and intense action sequences. J.A. Stone is the recipient of the National English Merit Award for Creative Writing. You can connect with J.A. Stone at justdoneauthor2 at gmail, his website, Amazon, Goodreads, and BookBub. All of the links to J.A. Stone's profile will be in the show notes. Please take note that when searching for J.A. Stone on the web, there is no period after the initial J or A. Parts of this biography were taken from an interview conducted by Fiona McVie on the blog Authors Interviews, my interviews with many authors. Article title, Here is my interview with J.A. Stone. Article published April 2019. The links to the blog will also be in the show notes. Now back to the book review of Red Sandy Cat Detective. Thank you, Kelly. Glad to have you back. Did you enjoy your vacation? Thank you, Joe. It was a great time to get away, and we had a lot of quality time with the family. Excellent. Quality family time is important. We all need to remember that. I agree. Family is important. Red Sandy, the protagonist in Red Sandy Cat Detective, comes from a tight-knit family. He lives with his human, Brady. Brady is the chief of police and the best detective in the city. Red Sandy credits the chief with teaching him everything he knows about the job. The chief is in poor health, but is hanging in for now. Red Sandy considers the basset hound Benjamin his butler. Red can't figure out how Benji knows he's coming home and always at the door waiting on him. To round out the family, there's David's plume, a tomcat that was halfway through the transformation to feral when Red Sandy found him. Davis is also Red Sandy's best friend and lockhead partner. For a satire, this book surprised me with the touching moments between the felines and humans. Here's an example of what I'm referring to. As Red Sandy curls up next to the chief, the chief states, All of my years fighting gangsters, I have never thought a cat would be my brightest joy. That was a great moment between the cat and the owner. There are several touching moments like that throughout the story. Nina, this was another book written in first person. The difference? The author changed points of view. The tale is told from Red Sandy's point of view and Davis Plume. Did that bother you at all? No. Like in To Kill a Mockingbird and The Boy Who Saw in Colors, the first person narrative worked well in Red Sandy Cat Detective. When the point of view changed, the author began a new chapter, so it was easy to follow. If the point of view changed during the chapters, the author used subtitles in italics. Jojo, you have yet to tell us why you chose this book to review. Dang, that slipped my mind. Thank you for bringing it up. There was two reasons. The first was the book cover. I knew it. Once I saw the cover on my Kindle, I knew it would impress you. This is the reason spotlighting the indie author and Thunder Horse Publishing can't stress enough that an eye-catching book cover done by a professional will get the attention of the readers. That is so true. And like the blurb, we'll talk about the book cover when we get to the basics. The second reason I decided to review the book, Red Sandy Cat Detective, is going to have another installment. Book two is due out soon. That's great. I can't wait to read it. When's it coming out? According to the email I got from Jay Stone, part two is due out this summer. Of course, with the virus pandemic, that may be delayed. 
Are you ready for a surprise? Let me guess. You lied last week about Jay Stone being on today's show, and we're about to dial him up. No, the phone setup is for Christy. We're about to call her. After all, she is our resident cat lady. Got another guess? I don't want to or have time to play 20 questions with you. Stop stalling and tell me what the surprise is. Chill, Nina. Maybe you need some catnip. I heard a shipment just arrived in Alley No, 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 no. Okay. In part two, Red Sandy is up for a psych exam after a shooting in the Siamese district. I guess he should have left his hand cannon in his holster. Anyway, later in the show, Kelly will read an excerpt surrounding that exam. All right. I love sneak peeks. Let's get the show rolling and Christy on the phone. All right. Christy's joining us all the way from Texas via phone. And Joan has joined us here in the Sleepy Cougar Ranch studios. Hi, this is Christy, and I am just perfectly happy to join y'all today. And I'm Joan. I'm excited to be here. It's not often an 81-year-old great-grandmother is invited to be on a podcast. We are glad to have both of you with us. Christy, you are our cat lady. How many cats do you have? I actually have nine. I have four inside and five outside. Do any of them remind you of Red Sandy, Davis Plume, or Jesse Manx? Or the elusive Dr. Grayscale, or another character from Red Sandy Cat Detective? I think Stinker would probably be a lot like Red Sandy. Um, he actually, he's my, he's my outside tomcat. And he actually disappeared for about three, four months. So I guess it would be kind of like Red Sandy whenever he disappears late at night and goes and does his own thing and then comes back whenever he's done so i guess you could consider thinker to be the one who goes out at night to keep alley town safe and and i think astro i think astro he's one of my outside he is the biggest outside cat i've got he has the longest claws of any of them but he has the biggest heart he does not meet a stranger he always wants nothing but love. He's just so easy to get along with and real laid back. He reminds me of Plume. It seems like in the book, you know, Plume is the one that kind of keeps everybody grounded and, you know, a little bit more laid back. I would have to say Astro would, would be him. Okay, Joan, your turn. Give us your cat story and what character from Red Sandy Cat Detective suits your feline the best. When I was younger and married, my husband had a beautiful Persian cat named Precious. This cat was an unusual color. It was like a pink coral. She also had the most mysterious green eyes. To be honest with you, I was scared of Precious. She was not moving or blinking, sit staring at me like she was reading my mind. I would say Precious was most like Jesse Mack. When she was outside and a tomcat came around, she would purr and roll around in the sand. She would strut across the yard, tail up, and hip swaying. Nina, tell us about your cat and what character suits their personality. My cat's name was Jaime. Jaime was a yellow tabby tomcat with absolutely drop-dead gorgeous green eyes. Red Sandy reminds me of Jaime as I would catch him coming home after a night on the town, usually around 4 a.m. Joe, do you have any cat tails? Oh, I do. When I was younger, I had a big black cat jump me from the top of a refrigerator. Then I was attacked by another as I was trying to get it from under the bed. That incident required a round of shots. 
I guess you could say I had Cat Scratch Fever before Ted Nugent made it famous. These two encounters were like the criminals of the 2001 Club, owned by Jesse Manks, where the catnip was hid in the expensive clumping litter. The attacks came from left field. Later in life, after moving to Tennessee, I left the window down in the car one night. When I got up the next morning, I startled a feral cat that clawed his way over me and out the window he came through. This cat, I would say, was like Davis Plume, Red Sandy's partner. The way this cat fought and clawed as he made his escape, I knew he was like Plume and no one could take him in a claw fight. Now you know why I think all cats are devil's creatures. I never met one that didn't try to kill me. That's not true. Cat never attacked you. You're right, but still doesn't change my mind about cats. But yes, Kit was a cool tomcat. He was black and white and stayed on the prowl all the time. I would say Kit was most like Red Sandy. Nina, since Red Sandy Cat Detective is a satire, which scene in the book made you chuckle the most? That would be the scene at Fluffy's house for the criminally insane. The meeting between Red Sandy, Davis Plume, and the incarcerated Christmas Macho Dozen, a.k.a. Lone Wolf, was hilarious. The demands that Christmas Macho Dozen made before he gave information was a hoot. Christy, what part had you giggling? Actually, there wasn't no actual specific part that had me giggling. However, the whole book and trying to imagine and picture these cats, you know, carrying guns and going into places and shooting them up and other cats singing and it just seemed kind of funny to me all the way throughout the whole book um there was several scenes that did kind of catch my attention and overall i actually kind of found the book to be quite perfect joan what had you rolling in the floor laughing then the search for the mob boss dr augustus red sand and Davis Plum encouraged all sorts of characters. One meeting was with Bob that the agent archer set up. Red Sandy was told not to look at Bob's tail as it had been damaged in a fight. Red Sandy met Bob at Club 2001. Red Sandy tried but could not keep his eyes off of Bob's tail. With a glance, Bob asked, Are you looking at my tail? Jojo, which scene made you smile? I also liked the encounters between the law cats and the bad guys. The one that made me laugh the hardest was when Red Sandy and Davis Plume visited Club 2001 for the first time. The place was filled with cats and a few dogs enjoying beverages while a naked cat sang on stage. The song that she was singing was cute and well written. The part that was so funny was the reaction that Red Sandy had to her, which ended with Plume reaching over the table and closing Red Sandy's jaw. Christy? Joan and Jojo, along with myself, will be back to cover the basics after a short news update from Kelly. Indie book and author news in a flash with Kelly Winkler. Lauren Robinson, the author of the award-winning book, The Boy Who Saw in Colors, is planning a tour of the U.K., That's right. With the success of The Boy Who Saw in Colors, Lauren has decided that it would be wonderful to meet the people she owes her success to. The UK tour providing that COVID allows it is planned for November. Follow Lauren on her Facebook page for future details as they develop. 
Spotlighting the Indie Author podcast had over 100 downloads in the month of July. We would all like to thank the indie authors whose books have been reviewed and those who have been a guest on the show. Most of all, we would like to say a big thank you to all the listeners. We couldn't have reached this milestone without you. The August 31, 2020 deadline for entering the Corral Magazine's Visual Writing Prompt Contest, Have You Met Jack O'Lantern, is fast approaching. Get those entries in and take home the cash plus you have your story published in the fall edition. Thunder Horse Publishing is running a special $100 off on their package one, book cover design, and book formatting. For a limited time, you get an eye-popping book cover and interior formatting when using the code found on their website. Want to join Spotlighting the Indie Author and the Corral Magazine in showcasing the talents of the indie author? If so, you can help by partnering with us. All donations will help offset Spotlighting the Indie Author podcast and the Corral Online Magazine. The link to our patron page and our PayPal donation link, along with the Corral, can be found in the show notes. Now back to the Spotlighting the Indie Author crew. Time to cover the basics. Book cover and blurb, editing and formatting, along with plotting characters. We already know the cover is one reason I picked the book. I found it stunning and it fit the book to a T. I give it two thumbs up. Nina, what did you think of it? I thought the book cover was fantastic. The colors were sharp and the cover was true to the story. Red Sandy is looking debonair in his three-piece pinstriped suit, white shirt with cufflinks, a purple tie, and matching handkerchief. He tops off the ensemble with a fedora. John, what did you think of the cover? I would have purchased the book off of the cover design alone. It was that good. Christy, your thoughts on the cover? It was cute. It, it definitely it, it gave you a good image of what Red Sandy looked like. It was something that you could picture throughout the story. And so I thought that was pretty cool. My cat instinct tells me there is fixing to be a cat fight as we talk about the book blurb. I will stay out of this, but I will sit back and listen. I'm with Cat Christy. I'm sorry. I'm staying out of that, this part of the conversation. That's okay, ladies. I got this. JoJo, so what the blurb was short, but it met the other criteria in its simplest form. I'll admit I didn't like the part about the indie authors. He gives more on these authors in the front matter of the book, which is the appropriate place for that type of information. Kelly. Could you please give me a quick summary of the criteria for a book blurb from elite authors? While a blurb needs to contain enough information to give potential readers a reason to read on, it should not be long. About 150 words is ideal. Good blurbs can be hard to write. There is so much they need to capture and in just a few words. A good blurb communicates the essence of a book, the heart as well as the hook. A fiction blurb needs to quickly describe the protagonist, highlight the genre, and encapsulate the central conflict, all while carefully omitting anything that even hints at resolution. Good blurbs leave readers so curious about what secrets await them that they must find out more. And that's when readers buy books. So Nina, you're trying to tell me that the blurb that shows up on Amazon meets the above criteria? Yes. Like I said, in its simplest form, the story is exactly about what the blurb refers to. Two law cats in search of a mob boss. 
It touches on the book's genre, the protagonist. Plus, no rule of writing is chiseled in stone. Nonsense. That blurb or whatever it is won't help sell a book. It's a shame to have such a stunning cover and then that as your synopsis, teaser, or blurb. The author needed to mention that the infamous Dr. Grayscale had his paws in everything illegal in Alleytown, including drugs and murder. He could have also mentioned the poor health of the human, which weighed heavy on the hearts of the lawcats. That way the reader gets a hint of conflict. I didn't say it was perfect, only that it did the job and met most of the criteria outlined by elite authors. I'm moving on. I found no issues with editing or formatting. Joan, did you run across any misspelled words? Editing and formatting were flawless. I like the way the software included the editor in the front manner. A lot of independent authors do not do that. And what about you, Christy? I didn't find any issues with formatting or editing. And Jojo, what about you? The editing and formatting were well done. I caught one or two small issues with the flow and sequencing. They were not major and did not take away from the tale. Now to the plot and characters. For a book about law cats, I found the plot solid and the characters well-defined with unique personalities. I thought it was a nice twist to give the cat characters some human traits like smoking and a lap of whiskey every now and then. Christy, what did you think about the story and the characters as a whole? I thought it was good. I really did enjoy it. Um, he did introduce a couple more characters throughout the book, but he was also able to clarify who they are, and it wasn't just a, oh, here's this, here's this character, but yet you can't really figure out where they came from or who they're supposed to be, like has been in some other books that I've read. He did a good job of being able to give you another character, but also able to describe who they are and why they're there. Joan, what did you think about Red Sandy Cat Detective and the characters? The plot was well thought out and the characters were great and acted like well cats. Joan, I have a question. Many years ago, you read a series of books about cats that were written by Lillian Jackson Braun. We still have that series in our library. How does Red Sandy Cat Detective compare to that series? There is no real comparison between the two. The Cat Who, Who series by Liam Jackson Morrow is about cats solving crimes and mysteries, but it's done in a more conventional way with human involvement. The series has its cute moments, but it's not a satire like Red Sandy Cat Detective. I love Red Sandy Cat Detective, but the Cat Who series is my favorite due to the more traditional writing. Okay, Nina, before we award the stars, tell me what your thoughts are about the plot and characters of Red Sandy Cat Detective. Uh, as for the plot, as far as the plot goes, it was well constructed, with no holes, a great climax, and the story ends in a timely manner, leaving the reader wanting a second book. The character building was excellent. I mean, think about it. This author created a book full of strong characters and supporting cast then took it a step further. He gave them cat mannerisms. All right, gang, I got the calculator ready. Time to award Red Sandy, Cat Detective by J.A. Stone some stars. I'll start so I can keep up with the numbers. I didn't like the blurb, and I'm not a fond of cats. I also don't like the fact that the book is available only in ebook. That may be due to its length. Having a short book printed 
is not economical as it drives the price above market value. I would like to see the tale as an audiobook at least for the older readers who are not ebook readers or find it difficult to hold and or operate an e-reader, tablet, or smartphone. J.A. Stone has the book priced between free with Amazon Prime to $2.49 purchased straight out, which is the price we paid per book. Is Red Sandy Cat Catetic worth the full purchase price? Yes, it is. The book is well written and fits the satire genre perfectly. Since the book is a short read between three and four hours, makes it a great book to read at the beach, on a plane, or a road trip. The bonus tale that the author of Red Sandy Cat Detective included in the back of the book was a nice surprise. The tale lengthens the book, giving it more value. I give Red Sandy Cat Detective by J.A. Stone four and a quarter stars out of five. Joan, what's your star rating? Once again, I love this book from cover to bonus story and can't wait to read book two. The human and feline relationship added to the humor Rounded the book out. It was an easy read, taking me a little over an hour to finish it. Joe mentioned price earlier. In my opinion, you're getting a deal at two forty nine. This book is worth twice that amount. I give Red Sandy Cat Detective by J. A. Stone four point five stars out of five. Thank you, Joan. Chrissy, how many stars do you award Red Sandy Cat Detective? Red Sandy Cat Detective. It all moved pretty quick. Um, there was always, you know, a different thing that they were having to do. They were always having to go to a new building or try and catch Greystone. I did like the um, the short story in the back a little bit better, only because it was real fast moving. Um, I mean, there was a beginning and probably within five, eight pages, it was done. And that was a pretty short, quick story. But it was also involving some of the prior characters. It took me a total of about four to five hours to be able to read the book from start to finish, including the little short story in the back. However, please keep in mind that I am also a slow reader. I always have been from the time I was a kid till now. I give Red Sandy Cat to Texas 4.75 stars out of five. Okay, Nina, I got everyone tallied up. How many stars are you going to award Red Sandy Cat Detective? Red Sandy Cat Detective is an unforgettable book. While being cute and funny, it also deals with the relationship between felines and their owners. I enjoyed the whole book. The story moved at a good pace and was a quick two-and-a-half-hour read. My favorite part of the book, the interactions between Red Sandy and Chief Brady. They're sweet, caring, showing the bond between the cat and his owner. I give Red Sandy Cat Detective... 4.5 stars out of 5. Well, let's see. We have a total of 18 stars. Spotlighting the author awards Red Sandy Cat Detective by J.A. Stone. 4 and 1 half stars out of 5. And a round of applause. <laughs> let's all grab an adult beverage, kick back, and listen to Kelly as she reads a brief excerpt from Red Sandy, Cat Detective, Part 2. Remember, Red Sandy's up for a psych exam after a shooting in the Siamese district. Kelly, we're all ears. Despite her obvious charm, a little voice in the back of my mind was screaming this was a trick. A subtle subterfuge to get me to spill my guts on the throw rug. It was a nice rug. There was a snag, so I extended a claw and pulled on it. More. I scratched and tugged about on the edge. 
Detective, that's a $10,000 Persian, she said, and I retracted my claws and paw like lightning. She handed me a steaming mug and I smiled, even purred a little to the crisp aroma. You like your chemicals, don't you? It was not a question. I think the chemicals like me more, I replied, now exposing my e-cig and pulling on the device as if my life depended upon it. I watched Firelock's emerald eyes widen as the horrendously huge plume of white, cherry-flavored steam rose into the air and dissipated. That's enough nicotine to put a mammal your size on the ground. How are you even walking around? She asked the same question everyone does, followed by the same old line. Cats don't smoke. From J.A. Stone's Facebook page, posted May 26, 2020. That's a wrap on the book review of Red Sandy Cat Detective by J.A. Stone. I would like to thank Christy Warren and Joan Clay for their participation on today's podcast. Job well done, ladies. Nina and Kelly, I would like to thank both of you for helping catch errors in the script and suggesting changes to make the show flow as smooth as possible. I would like to thank all of the spotlighting indie author listeners and subscribers. Here's another way you can help support us and the indie author, and it's free. Hit the subscribe button and tell all your friends. Till we meet again, hugs, uh, 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 and kisses, Nina. Kelly, what's next on the schedule? Thank you, Joe and Nina. You guys are so wonderful to work with. So what's next in the schedule? Airing on September 1st, 2020 will be episode 11. J.B. Loin will be joining Spotlighting the Indie Author to discuss his newest release, The Seventh Spark. The Seventh Spark is an epic fantasy tale that features paranormal elements and traces of horror. That sounds like a cool book. Looking forward to talking to J.B. about it. That will do it for this episode. Till next time, remember, curiosity killed the cat, and they have nine lives. Kelly, put this kitty to bed. I'm headed to the sandbox and see if the cat served bourbon. Besides what was mentioned in the podcast, the show notes will also contain the following. The link to Spotlighting the Indie Authors podcast webpage. Links to the hosts of today's show along with the guest. Links to Spotlighting the Indie Authors blog, the blog will include any information obtained about the guest or books after the podcast aired. The podcast notes will also have the technical data on the recording of today's show. The sound effects credit. Podcast intro outro music, Thriller Announcement 5 by Ziggy2, courtesy of Freesound. Podcast background music, Never Stop Dreaming by Crescent Music, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated. This was episode number 10 a 2020 production of Spotlighting the Indie Author, a josephyclay.com podcast.